this uh, this is Joe Cole. This is Ruben Loftus Cheek, and you're listening to the London, London is Blue, Blue podcast. podcast. All right, Chelsea fans, welcome back to another episode. That's right, of the London is Blue podcast. Dan, one of your hosts here. No, Brandon. He's somewhere in the Grand Canyon, I think. No, Nick. He's somewhere in Chicago on a work trip. So it's just me and the man, the myth, the legend himself, David Pastor. We have got no history. Head honcho. Coming in hot with hot takes on a very cool match. (laughs) Yes, on a very cold night. And a wet somewhere, wet rainy night somewhere in England. Yes, uh, thank you for having me. And uh, yeah, thank thank you for uh, doing what uh, Grand Potter did not do and bring in the scrubs from the (laughs) scrubs bench. Rotate out the first team. All right, let's do it. Well, much like Chelsea at the moment, we did have a depleted uh, lineup. So uh, you figured there'd be some rotation in this moment. But we are going to talk about Dynamo Zagreb. We're going to talk about the game that saw Chelsea finish the group on top and advance into the round of 16 of the Champions League. But uh, we're going to get into what didn't go well, what did go well. And I think the most interesting thing coming out of this is what Chelsea's future can look like in that round of 16 in the Champions League. And we'll talk about the upcoming expected narrative, the XN, for the round of 16 draws and what Chelsea could find themselves faced with. But David, we got a couple three-word match reviews, and uh, I'll read these, but I'd love your reactions to them. Maybe I'll, I'll do I'll read a couple in groups, and I just want to mm. get your feedback on them. Uh, I'm going to go with DJ Fantasy at the top with Dennis the Menace. You had Classic. Eric Muggle with World Cup Tears. Ooh. Wow. I cut steep, Eric. <laughs> Man. Snacks with uh, Zach Zings Zagreb, and then Dennis Downs Dynamo. Mm-hmm. Alliteration always a good go-to. Yeah, a bit, little bit of a uh, front of the uh, the bookshelf, back of the bookshelf. You know, bookended it right now, right nicely. And then McGleezy with the "I'm gambling again." The Al Pacino line, Potter making the lineup. McGleezy is my spiritual brother, as in DPZ. I don't know if it was gambling really. I think he was just he went with like literally the first choice lineup. Was it really a gamble? But yeah, Blue Heart with "I hate injuries." I think that's mm-hmm. the same. Same. Amen. Mr. Spock with the getting hamstrung, literally. Yeah. Again, hurts deep. And then yeah, James deep. with the first team folly, question mark? Does the question mark, is the question mark really needed? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, maybe that would have been, would have been a stronger, just, uh, just declare it, James. Go with it. Admiral Pelion. Quality, quality screen name. Shout out, shout out OG Star Wars. Uh, anyway, I went with worst finish first we were the worst in the group Mm. it didn't look good for us but we said hey we're just gonna put it on hard mode and we're gonna make it to the end and we're gonna finish the group on top that's what we did who needs six games to win the group when you can do it in three exactly yeah what about you what's your three match review i have to come up with one i would say at what cost because what do we what do we gain what do we gain from this silly little 90 minute exercise and what do we lose that's a great question. We will try to yeah. answer as we get into our different type of match review. Because, again, no Brandon, no Nick. They left us here. They said uh, they, they didn't care about the match enough to join us tonight. But that's what we're here yeah. doing. But we do have gratitude for people we do want to thank for their participation and support of the podcast. I want to thank Jessica for joining us on Patreon. We want to thank 
21 Mark DB for leaving a wonderful five-star review on Apple Podcast. And on Spotify, we crested over the 1,500, the 1.5K, 1.6 now. Wow. 4.9 stars. We're just on the march to, to 2, 2.0 now. Because we need to get above ESPN FC. That's the goal. Really, Craig Burley, we're coming after you. That That is what's happening here. Oh, just going to make him more miserable. Uh, if there's a goal, it's, I have as, to as, as if there that is. were possible. As if that were possible. Yeah, Chelsea winning. That that that, that right there in <laughs> yeah, the column just made it really bad for already, him Already a bad week for old Craig. <laughs> All right, well, we're going to get into the match because it was a match against Sonny Zagreb. It was this past Wednesday, November 2nd. It was a Champions League. It was a Stamford Bridge, a very, very wet Stamford Bridge. It was Chelsea 2, Dynamo 1, goals from Bruno Petkovic in the 7th minute, Raheem Sterling in the 8th minute, Petkovic, and then Dennis Zakaria in the 30th minute. Ooh, yeah. no, no Swiss miss from him right into the net. Nice. Uh, no fist stand highlights, but we're going to get into our lineups. And, uh, you know, this is uh, this is the nature of having the football ref one, which uh, does it in numerical order after the goalkeeper. So uh, I do Oof. have the chart for context. Wow. <laughs> hard, speaking of hard mode. Uh, look, you know, so you had many between the sticks. It was uh, Trev Chalaba, um, Koulibaly as your kind of center center backs you had Azpilicueta on one side and Ben Chilwell on the other uh not for the entirety of the match or uh unfortunately uh you did uh have Jorginho in the middle with uh, Kai Havertz kind of sitting a little further forward of him uh, on either side you had Mason Mount or one Dennis Zakaria and then it was Aubameyang and Raheem Sterling up top as you're kind of attacking too. So it was a little bit of a midfield that had some movement to it, that had kind of changed its shape occasionally as needed. Uh, Bettinelli was on the bench, one of the only new subs, along with Kukurea and Hakim Ziyech. Uh, the, will, when will we see Bettinelli challenge continues? Uh, you had uh, Thiago Silva, <laughs> Christian Pulisic, Rulof Deschik, Armando Broya, and Connor Gallagher as your substitutes all made an appearance off the bench. Good old Hakim Ziyech. Still nothing. I mean, just looking at the benches, though, David, when you see, like, the size of the bench that Dynamo yeah. rolled up with and the one that Chelsea rolled up with, very I mean, clear we are short on people right now, short on hands. Yes, and what was very clear is, um, I mean... Many of us thought or assumed or hoped that we could see some academy players in this game. And Graham Potter not only not decided not to hold an academy day, he didn't even put academy players on the bench. He said, screw you guys. I'm going eight-person bench out of 12 just to make a point, even though I can use five of them. And obviously, I'm not going to use Bettinelli because he's just here for the vibes. Yeah, it's it's one of it was one of the weirder weirder uh lineup selections i've seen from a chelsea head coach even though it's like mostly first team players and well actually precisely because it's first team players and such a, a the context of the game being essentially meaningless in terms of the result and the schedule being as congested as it is with injuries and i'm sure we'll get into this yeah there's a good luck good luck lot. with this Zagreb lineup <laughs> <laughs> oh, we don't we don't read the opposing lineup. That's, that's oh, not what we do here. Uh, yeah, I I, I, right. I don't need to butcher the audience's ears that bad in this uh, in this <laughs> thirty seconds that advance. Uh, like it was two goals. The one in terms of total stats, it was an expected goals of two point eight. That's right, two point eight. It's rounding up here for Chelsea. Two point nine 
for our friends from Dynamo, Zagreb. And then it was 22 shots to their seven, six on target to their two, 58% possession to their 42%. Uh, and uh, look, a lot of that expected goal over the one came from minute 75 to 90 when it just shot up like a rocket. Yeah. <laughs> when a couple of subs were made uh, in that 65th minute and things just started to change a little bit. And it looks like most of theirs came from the actual goal. Yeah, that was and it. Basically, flat really line from yeah. <laughs> so that we're done. Uh, and then one random stat is the 100. Chelsea have now won a century of games in the Champions League, becoming the sixth club to reach the milestone. Woo! Yeah, run, run it back. Let's 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 go for the next hundred. Include a, a few more, uh, you know, finals wins in that number. Right, right. I, do, I it's 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 kind of um, what I like about that actually. What I find interesting is the because we lost our or only got one point out of the first two league uh, group games and came back to win the group. That's exactly what we did in our very first Champions League group stage campaign. So it's kind of a nice, uh, nice time to get that win one hundred. There's some symmetry to that. Yeah, yeah. It's a, the story works. Nature loves a bit. Of, we we love to see patterns in nature, even when no patterns exist. And here's one for you. Um, you know, there's no Nick for Laney. And he, he couldn't even bother to send us a text with a shithouse moment of the match. I may not have asked him, but, you know, I would have appreciated a text. Did you have a shithouse moment of the match, David Passer? No. <laughs> was there was there any shithouse moment? The sh- Grand Potter's lineup selection? Does that count? Uh... I don't think that would count. I think that that's more something we could debate as a question. Uh, Mason seemed to have a little bit of just an aura around it. I feel like he took a lot of things personally in this match. Definitely played with, I felt like, a little bit of an edge. But I don't know if that would qualify in the Yeah, the no, I, I'd say I'd say the, the person who seemed to play with the most chip on his, biggest chip on his shoulder was Sterling, at least in terms of, uh, you know, we could see in his celebration. I think he's been reading his his press a little bit. And uh, and seeing seeing the uh, the mood turn against him with uh, his poor performances and lack of goals, but uh, you know, I think he celebrated with the with the with the belief or the uh, you know the narrative around him to prove people wrong. Well, let's get into that narrative in just a moment. We'll get our first ad break out of the way here early. We want to thank these sponsors for financially supporting the show, and we'll be right back. All right, so talking about things that were very, very positive, or at least went well, Raheem Sterling scoring, absolutely one of them. Finally had an opportunity to get it in the back of the net. Came after uh, allowing us to level the score after going down very early, much like the game at Brighton over the weekend. Yeah. And uh, maybe maybe early shades of that or a feeling, an unnerving feeling in the beginning of the match. But Raheem Sterling uh, had multiple opportunities and uh, did put away uh, one of them, which is what you would hope for. It was actually a very good finish. I really liked um, his composure. You know, it got there was a bit of luck involved, as in as it often happens in, in goals these days. I think it was the Napoli coach who basically stated that these goal these times or these days goals only happen from. Opposition mistakes, because everybody's pretty well drilled in tactics and uh, formations and an organization. But uh, Dinamo kind of misplayed uh, a pretty easy clearance. And Obama Yang uh, rolled it back to Sterling, who took a, t- a couple touches and uh, picked out the corner and simply caressed the ball with a, with a lovely little left-footed spin into the into the corner. It was, it was a great goal. And uh, then he missed an easy one. But, uh, you know. Let's concentrate on the positives because he scored that one. And he pretty much set up the second one 
and he was uh, he was a right old menace in that first half. I think it was uh, it was good to see. You know, the opposition wasn't great quality necessarily, but uh, you can only beat what's in front of you. And uh, I think I like this was I'd say easily Sterling's most positive performance in in recent memory. As uh, if you want to, however we want to define recent memory, a few weeks, you know, since perhaps perhaps since Potter's come in, maybe. He's not. Uh, I don't know. I might be. Might be. Might be overstating things, but uh, oh, it was definitely, definitely one of the one of the biggest positives to come out of of this of this little exercise. Yeah, and when you're looking at things to point a positive to, or things that maybe are a little unnerving about the fact that that was Raheem Sterling's fifth goal, is he's that still our leading scorer over. <laughs> Over the campaign at this moment yeah. across all competitions, five goals, two assists, uh, total goals and assists minus PKs per 90 at 0.48, which in this Chelsea side is uh, pretty high. That uh, is uh, we're, we're not going to include uh, Zakaria being at the top of that list right now at one one point two nine. That seems Man, a little man's a goal per game player. We've I know unearth- we've unearthed and a second coming of Erling Holland here. Just got to use uh, it more. But it's Pulisic and Obama Yang who are ahead of Raheem Sterling at this moment. Pulisic at a 0.58 um, with 0.19 goals, 0.38 assists uh, for his per 90. And then Obama Yang with a 0.42 goals per 90 and then a 0.14 assist uh, yeah, per 90. Yeah. I think sadly that's more of an indictment of everybody else on the team than uh, than credit to to Raheem. But uh, yeah, it's great to see him back in the goals. You know, good, good time to score, really. I mean, if... Clearly, what Potter wanted to do was it, it try to erase the memory of the weekend and uh, get get the uh, get the uh, kind of the good vibes back in with an easy win. It wasn't necessarily an easy win, at least not on the scoreboard, and uh, so that necessarily didn't work out. But Sterling got his goal, and you know we all felt he all felt good about it, and that's that's what we were looking for into the next last three games and the World Cup, I guess. There were definitely people who were questioning the idea of why you get all these players like Sterling starting when you want to put potentially Broya in and give him reps and minutes potentially as a starter. But then there's also the people, the moment he scores, they're like, Oh my gosh, for his confidence, this is amazing. It's going to play him in a form. It's going to be great for heading into the weekend. And I mean, you kind of can, it can't really have it both ways. Uh, you have to like decide like, Hey, we, what is the strategy? What are we going in for? What are we yeah. hoping the end outcome is? If the end outcome is we need to figure out how to get this team scoring goals in general and figuring out patterns of play up front, every game they have right now, because not all these players like Obama Yang was playing with Raheem Sterling the entirety of Chelsea's preseason, to go back that far in our memories, uh, back <laughs> to uh, preseason Travago, we need to think about the fact that like the chemistry of this side, particularly under a new manager is still building and you take, you take a 90 where you can. It's unfortunate with the way that the world cup leads up into that. There's not a lot of time. The schedule is compressed. You have to think about the health and safety of the players, which we'll get into a little bit later. But I mean, this one for the attack at least, and for Sterling worked out in his favor. Yeah. You, you know, Potter made his decision and it is what it is. Having made that, the outcome you wanted to see was what well, essentially what we got was the attack creating chances, scoring, 
maybe not as many goals as we should have scored considering we actually underperformed our XG, which rarely happens, I would say. But uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's what you want. I am not sure. Um, I'm not sure really how much we should put into this idea of people gaining confidence from scoring. And, you know, now he's going to go on a streak of scoring hat tricks against the next three teams. But, you know, you, you, you hear that a lot. And in a way, sometimes that's all that matters because if if they, the players themselves, believe this, if Sterling is like, I got a goal against Zagreb after however many games without a goal and playing so badly, now I'm ready to tear up Arsenal and Manchester City and Newcastle and whoever England get to play in the World Cup, including the U.S. Um, you know, that's that's fantastic. And then we can look back on this game and be like, Grand Potter is actually, you know, emotional intelligence genius. And he figured this out right away. Uh, or we could look back and be like, yeah, the, much like the Salzburg game where this weird formation seemed amazing. And then we played Brighton and got absolutely destroyed with the same formation. You know, we, we could run out basically the same strategy against Arsenal and stare at another 4-1 defeat. You know, it's, it's, it's <laughs> I don't want to be too negative, but uh, it's, there's a danger of reading too much into this game in the positives of it beyond um, just some sort of confidence boost as if we needed a confidence boost. Well, let's keep the positive overreaction going because Dennis Zakaria might be the best midfielder that Chelsea have ever signed on loan. Might be. Get out of the way, Kovacic. This is potentially Please. the new hotness. Please buy a shirt now. Or he <laughs> Already leaves sold in out January. The store. If, you, if you're <laughs> listening to this podcast episode and you haven't gotten your jersey yet, it is sold out on is the Chelsea really? Megastore. <laughs> no, no. Um, do, you still have, do you still have to write in the, the name or is it actually a drop-down option? I believe it's a drop down option. Hey. Uh, his stats, uh, 39 out of 40 passes completed, one goal, one chance created, six passes in the final third, seven recoveries, two interceptions, three fouls, one, uh, and then three out of six duels won. In general, for a player that has not seen a pitch or a competitive match for quite a period of time, even though Dynamo Zagreb were facing extinction in the Champions League, still came to play, even though maybe the competition standard was a, a little lower at times you can only play who's in front of you right. and this was a great opportunity for him to stretch his legs and show people who maybe question the loan question what value he could be at chelsea that <laughs> he might have something for us yeah was was anybody really questioning the loan though like is it really the the question was why isn't he playing and after this game, that question has just gotten louder. Why hasn't he been playing? No, is I thought again, you know, op maybe quality opposition being what it is. I thought he did just fine. The man hasn't played in however many months, and that showed with a cramp that he picked up that forced him to come off. But is he he did he did what we imagined uh, a tall, strong technical player would be able to do in the center of midfield paired with somebody like Jorginho, you know, it was nice. It was nice to see somebody out there being, being a bit of a ball winner, you know, sticking a long leg out, grabbing a ball, holding some players off, winning some fouls. Sometimes, sometimes you need that, you know, it's nice to get a nice to have a Kovacic dribbling or a Jorginho passing and trying through balls. But sometimes you just got to do some basic things. And, uh, 
this. Please, please, let's see more Dennis Zakaria so we can keep up, keep up his goal per start uh, record. I expect nothing less. Also, good... Switzerland, Switzerland World Cup win winners coming in hot. Oh my gosh! Do it on the back of the, the oh, yeah. De- Dennis Revolution is uh, it's about to happen. Dennis the Menace. All the so way. Switzerland enacting the Dennis system to uh, advance through the World Cup is going to be uh, quite fun. Taking over Cutter. As we look at it, so he gets 70 minutes on the day. I think the goal for me was really nice, well taken. I mean, you got a little deflection on the cutback that Mason had yeah. played in. Kai stayed off of it, and it just landed right in front of Zakaria. And he's like, oh, I can do this. Don't worry. I mean... I mean, you know, we always love a, a midfielder arriving at the top of the box with good timing and a quality shot, enough power to beat whoever might be trying to stop it on the line, including the goalkeeper and the defender. So, perfect. Yeah, did have to beat two individuals on the opposition team to make it into the back of the net. And so, you know, uh, well taken, good power. And uh, yeah, uh, great celebration too. I mean, to see the entire team rally around him to give him accolades in the moment for what he did, uh, particularly knowing the challenges that he's had apparently to make it into the team. That was a uh, a nice moment too. And it felt like that's the type of good vibe energy that got sucked out of the Chelsea universe over the weekend. And uh, some of it, some of it got the air got pumped back into that balloon. Yeah. On the other hand, I would expect nothing less from pretty much any team. Could you imagine? Could you imagine Zakaria scoring and then everybody just be like, ah, good job, Dennis, and just walking back to the halfway line. So, I mean, so, yeah. It's like yeah, the teacher it's like, where it's like that. the expectation is great work. The expectation is exactly, exactly. good job. First, if you're not first, you're last. But uh, no, it's it's great to see. I would expect nothing less to see is what I'm saying. So, you know, perhaps I'm not as impressed by it, but yeah, I mean, he seems like a, a, a good, a good player just from, or not or like a good person, just from the little, you know, behind the scenes clips we always get. He's, you know, he's chatting with the, with the, with the rest of the team. It's not like he's off in a corner by himself. You know, he's, he's obviously part of the team. He's, uh, he's uh, making friends with the squad or whatever. So, you know, it's. Players stick together. Obviously, everybody wants to. Everybody wants to see everybody else succeed. We're not Cristiano Ronaldo, so it's nice. It's nice. Well, uh, maybe flipping in something less nice. We'll talk about things that didn't go well or didn't go to plan in this match. And you wanted to touch on it earlier. Mm. It's the lineup that Graham Potter put out. Oh, the lineup. And look, so, some of the players, you know, like I think people were like, "Oh, Hutchinson." Like Hutchinson wasn't eligible to play, but there were. Academy products. Uh, there were individuals uh, from our PL2 side who could have made an appearance at this match right. as a part of the, uh, the the B list of individuals who would qualify. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the concern element is that we know Chelsea ha- need rotation. I mean, you saw City do this, I think, pretty well, knowing that they had their group locked up and they said, right. well, let's, let's, let's throw you know, a couple of young players in and get them some opportunities. And they didn't do a whole refresh. It wasn't like they took the Academy yeah. 11, dropped them into a Champions League game. <laughs> like the, the parents went out of town for the weekend. They're like, okay, keep the house nice. And, right. you know, they threw a party and then it got burned down. You know, they they uh, they let Manchester babysitter stayed over and, uh, you know, kept kept order. 
we we decided not to do that at all. We we we, no, we did no, not. We, we literally fell off on the other side of the horse. It was this this was amazing, even in the context of I think Chelsea being Chelsea in in terms of you know win now attitudes, not much necessarily overarching long term planning in terms of player development and first team opportunities. And so it was just it was actually. If the more you think about it, the more spectacular it is in the fact that he didn't pull up anybody from the academy at all. And sure, you know, Broya was in the team. He didn't start for who knows why. Uh, you know, Chuck Chukwameka was uh evidently injured or something like that, right? So he didn't uh he unfortunately missed out because of that. Presumably he would have played. I'm not sure. But and then I guess the other thing that we could point to is that the under-19s had their game earlier in the day in the UFA Youth League. And so people like uh, Lewis Hall and Castledine and whoever else we might might think, uh, I guess, yeah, those are the two players that stood out to me who played in that game who possibly could have maybe played a role, especially Lewis Hall. I mean, he's he's already made his debut. He's already, you know, got man of the match. So it's just such an easy, low-hanging fruit to, if nothing else, at least put somebody on the bench, like Hutchinson was on the bench on the weekend. But for Potter to not even do that and just name eight players on the bench without even just filling filling the team with some random academy players at home. He didn't have to travel anywhere. You know, it's not like not like that to make a, a special uh, uh, accommodation to, to add these players to the team. All we have to do is put them on the B list and... Uh, and sub them in. It's just, to me, it's just absolutely baffling that we would essentially go with the first team lineup, considering how congested the schedule is, considering that the three games we have left are against the three best teams in England in two different competitions, but against Arsenal top of the league, City in the League Cup, and then Newcastle away. I mean, you need, sure, you get some confidence from winning this game however easily you might have won it. But like, I don't think that uh, as a substitute for just phys- little physical rest, you know, not playing this game at all for these the players you think might play this weekend. Um, to have them be involved, uh, to me, is just absolutely... I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I think, I think Potter did it because we lost so badly on the weekends. So he wanted an easy win. Yeah. But... He's supposed to be, he's supposedly, he's a long-term guy, right? We brought him in to be our guy for the next however many years. And the ownership supposedly didn't tell him that you have to finish top four. You have to qualify for, or you have to win all your Champions League games. They said, we want to see progress. Well, I don't think this game showed any sort of progress just by winning. And what it showed is that our pathways to young players remain exactly what they were which is maybe not what the message we want to send. And it's just, it, to me, to me, it's very, very confusing. Um, and it's in a way show, I don't <laughs> I think it's a bit trite to say that like um, Potter's like out of his depth is the pe- thing people like to say, but like I, I would expect him to, to not do this, which is basically what all previous Chelsea coaches have done. And I would have expected him to to play into the long term game, and 
I don't know, give, <laughs> just give, throw me a bone and, and put some, put some Academy players on the bench. If you're at least, if you're not going to start them, you know, it's just weird. I think it'll be interesting to see what impact this has for the match against Arsenal. I mean, I think one clear one, is, and we'll talk about the Chilwell injury in a moment. Yeah. Not having Chilwell is a massive blow for the match against Arsenal. The fact that Kovacic got rest, so that was good. Kovacic got a game off because he has that long-term knee issue that he's working yeah. through, which is not another thing to build confidence in, but maybe you could say, hey, we can get you 60 minutes and then we can throw a now-confident Zakaria in for the back half of the match, potentially, is a, is a good omen. So I mean, that one did work out well. If we're looking at things that did work out well and didn't, you have Trev Chalaba, who's most likely going to be running on fumes, but there's not really... Yeah. A backup option there. Another 90 minutes for him and Mount and Jorginho. Yeah. Um, and you would imagine that, like, okay, so does someone on this bench, I mean, Tago Silva goes back into the starting 11 for this right. weekend. I mean, Kukurea definitely wound up on the left-hand side with Chilo being out now. Uh, so he got rest for a game. So, I mean, I guess it's, it's good for him if he's going to be kind of a yes. Left wing back role. We see, yeah, we see that bench though. Like beyond the players you mentioned, I don't think any of those guys are starting this no. weekend. Like no, Pulisic think... isn't starting over Sterling, and Sterling no. played eighty some minutes. Like, well, yeah, I'm glad he got a goal, but like, give the man a rest. Yeah, it it just feels a little like an unforced, even though it was a win, a little bit of an unforced yeah. error, and that having at least one academy player who would have gotten a new opportunity would yeah, have been a really great thing. Such an easy, easy thing to do. The most basic thing to do. Meaningless match in terms of result. But, you know, I mean, I think <laughs> I think even Mourinho did, got this right like 90% of the time. You know, even he was able to put some token academy player on the bench and, and call it call it a win for himself later. But like, you know, <laughs> That's, that's a whole other story, but at least he did the basic. Well, so let's talk about the fact that one of the unfortunate outcomes of the night was the fact that Ben Chilwell goes out injured, uh, looks like a pretty severe hamstring issue, yeah. uh, left the ground on crutches, and for people who support the English national team heading into the World Cup and support Chelsea or support one or the other or both, uh, very unfortunate sights to see or news to hear reported and definitely means that the uh next three matches probably the two he would have featured in maybe he gets a rest would have gotten a rest against city um it's gonna be that much harder on the left hand side of the pitch going up against arsenal and going up against newcastle yeah well here comes you know another three three four master stroke with kukurea left center back and sterling at non-wing back yeah, it's, I mean, that was beyond just the, all the, you know, whatever academy stuff that I was just talking about, like the one real obvious uh, danger to playing your first team players is getting injured in a game that really doesn't mean anything um, in terms of the results. So, and we almost got there, <laughs> except for the very, very final final step really that Chilwell uh, took or anybody took in the game so and it's you know we'll say everybody will say that you can't really predict injuries like that 
and in a way that's true you know he could have gotten hurt just training it happens you pull you can pull a hamstring at any time but um he had been we had been very careful in managing Chilwell. you know other people the thing that i've seen i've seen people play pay or say since was that you know he didn't start midweek so he was kind of like he's ready to go is is the idea would be if, if we're doing rotations but we had been more careful with Chilwell than we had been with some of the other players because he was coming back or he is coming back from his ACL injury. And while that is good to go pretty much when you recover from, from injuries like that, you're, you're stressing out other, other body parts, other, other ligaments. And so that's why, and Potter had mentioned this already, you know, you have to be extra, extra careful with players coming back from massive long-term injuries like that. So just because Chilwell didn't play the full game midweek, that doesn't necessarily mean that he was ready to play a full 90 minutes here. And what was <laughs> what made it even more frustrating for me is Potter himself said this after the match. He said, because he didn't play at the weekend, there was a thought he could play tonight and have enough time to recover for the weekend. So we try to manage him, but he's never played three games in a week. Now is the time to play Chilwell three games in a week right before all of this because this is a very important match and we have to play Chilwell in this game for the third time this week. So that's the sort of risk-taking that just absolutely uh, frustrates me. And, you know, Potter almost got away with it, but then he didn't. And uh, that's, that's really unfortunate for Chilwell. And I'm sure, you know, he'll look on, you know, he won't... He won't blame the way we would blame Potter for such decisions because players must understand, make their peace with the fact that injuries can happen anytime. But it's it's just devastating, um, you know, for him, possibly for the team, just like last year. So yeah, good luck, good luck, Graham, because now you're we're in the same situation as last year with both James and Chilwell out for at least the next three games. Um, hopefully not longer. And uh, so far, our response to um, dealing with injuries to wingbacks has not been any better than it was last year. So uh, I'd like to, I like that's the sort of progress I'd like to see a bit more, uh, a bit more reasonable response. Well, it uh, just showcases that there is continued work to do in uh, deepening the squad in uh, the coming windows, uh, maybe with Academy players, maybe with uh, wonderful signings to ensure that, <laughs> you know, when the injuries do happen to some of these players, that there is an opportunity to have them rotated so you don't actually have the injury occur in the first place uh, where you can avoid it. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. You manage injuries. It's not a it's not a one game thing. Obviously, you have to manage this thing throughout the season. Workloads, efforts. You know, these days players all wear the little tracking devices. Like we should, everybody should be has have as much data as we possibly need to manage such things. And that doesn't necessarily mean that we will avoid all injuries, but. Seeing things like Thiago Silva leading the team in minutes played and Ben Chilwell playing three games in a week coming off of an ACL injury is is not what I want to see. And uh, given our modern modern uh, approach to uh, fitness and such things, well, 
we did get a re- good result. Uh, it fortunately came at, at what cost? <laughs> the cost of Ben Chilwell uh, being unavailable for the foreseeable future and uh, us being wingbackless FC for uh, the next few games here uh, as Reese James and uh, Fafana go off to Dubai to uh, rehab under club supervision. And, <laughs> Maybe Chile uh, can join them. Chile have can have get a, on the jet a big to join party. Them. Yeah. Um, but we'll we'll do a Dan of the Match real quick, uh, then we'll take our ad break, and then we'll get into talking about what the permutations are, who Chelsea Ooh. could face in the round of 16. But uh, it was Dennis Sicario with 55% of the listener vote for the Dan of the Match. Mason Mount was in second place with 24%. Ben Chilwell with 12% tier. And then uh, Jorginho with 8.5%, rounded up to 9 Um That feels fair. I know Mason picked up the official on the night, but, you know, the vibes Who? one was definitely Zakaria. Oh, Dennis. Dennis the Menace. <laughs> All right. Quick ad break. We'll be right back. All right. So the round of 16 draw coming up Monday, November Monday, 7th. Monday, Monday. 11 a.m. GMT, 6 a.m. Eastern time, uh, 3 a.m. Pacific time for us, David. We will not be awake. Oh, yeah. We'll wake up to the news. Uh, uh, I will. If I remember. <laughs> You gotta, you gotta watch that thing live. Nothing puts you to sleep better than a draw ceremony. Uh, look, uh, group, for those who don't remember, group winners will be drawn against group runners-up. Teams from the same national association cannot face each other, nor team teams who played each other in the group stages of the competition. Group winners will be in the away leg in the first, and then ties will be played on the 14th and 15th, and 21st and 22nd of February. Return legs played on March 7th and 8th, and the 14th and 15th. And... Chelsea joined the like of Bayern Munich, Benfica, Porto, Manchester City, Napoli, Real Madrid, and Tottenham. Surprisingly, <laughs> they they almost Spurs it, but Marseille sport it, Spurs it worse. Um, and <laughs> that was our group winners, our runner-ups: AC Milan, Borussia Dortmund, Club Bruges, uh, Frankfurt, Inter Milan, Liverpool, PSG, and Leipzig, all as the runners-up. New just initial reactions to the 16 that made it through, David? Nothing too surprising, other than, obviously, uh, Barcelona, you know, deciding that the Europa League is the place to be. And uh, It's a hipster. <laughs> it's it, Barcelona, yeah. a full hipster. <laughs> I mean, you know, we all know they don't like the Champions League because hashtag Super League. So it's it's nice that they, on brand, they were like, nah, it's too good. This is, we obviously... Uh, mortgaged too much of the club's future for us to, you know, bow to your Champions League monies. We will just we'll just make do in Europa League and win it. Except when we place face Juventus, the other hipster Super League, uh, you know, rejects going going down to the new hotness of the Europa League. <laughs> so, there's there's that football isn't for everybody. That's what that's what I always say. That's amazing. I'm so amazed, actually, that Juventus is... uh, They haven't fired their coach yet. I don't understand what they're doing. They're enjoying enjoying the ride. I mean, yeah. Hashtag mediocrity. Um, So Chelsea can face Club Bruges, Inter Milan, Frankfurt, Leipzig, Borussia Dortmund, and PSG. And what I think is the expected narrative is 1,000 here because there is a lot of tasty draws. (laughs) This is the tastiest of tasty draw possibilities that I recall seeing in, in modern memory. It's, it's pretty much amazing. Everybody except maybe Club Bruges is like a narrative. You know, 
I mean, Frankfurt's kind of clutching at things, but we did play them when in the Europa League uh, semifinals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With the uh, with Kepa making the uh, Arsenal, yeah, yeah, the penalty save. So you know, maybe Frankfurt would be like a little revenge, revenge of the Eintracht, and then the rest of them are you know basically right themselves at this point. PSG, of course, I think Simon Johnson already beat everybody to the uh, PSG proje- uh, prediction because we all know it's going to be PSG. That's that's how you have. Do we think that's what it's going to be? Oh, that's of what you're hanging your hat on is PSG. Ah, just that's just what happens. I mean, we always face PSG. I mean, the, the <laughs> except uh... when we don't. The payback for fleecing us for Lukaku on the the Inter Milan match. Oh, yeah, that, that, I mean, yeah. and it'll be hilarious because like there's nothing preventing Lukaku from playing against us. No, it would be it would be it would be like the the Courtois uh, yep. Atletico Madrid semifinal when he pulled off like the the save of the competition to deny us a place in the final. I remember that? Yeah. Thanks, buddy. Snake from day one. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, we got the, the, the Timo Lukaku. Werner, Timo, Timo coming back and scoring. Oh, yeah, do you imagine? I mean, I could imagine. Actually, <laughs> I could easily imagine. I could, I could actually see Timo scoring against us much more than I could see Lukaku scoring against us, just based on the form that they're in and the fact that one is keeps getting injured. So, yeah, that that would be tremendous. Oh, but we all know it's going to be PSG. It's always PSG, you know. It's we had always... a little bit of a break from them, so you know it, this could be the year that we get reunited in a round of sixteen match. But you know, I think the the message is always, you know, if you want to win the Champions League, you have to be willing to play the best teams. Oh uh, God, I hope we don't be have the to play PSG. We're going to get destroyed. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> Please give me Club Bruges. I don't know anything about Club Bruges. City are like, probably get Club I'm Bruges, like Charles right? Barkley and whatever that team was. City gets like the easiest draws. They're probably getting Club Bruges. It's not going to happen for oh, us. Yeah. I, I feel like uh, if if someone had appointed Thomas Tuchel uh, and, and fired their coach at some point, that would be the club that we would go up against. Um, probably Club Bruges. <laughs> Please appoint Thomas Tuchel Club Bruges just for the um, next few months. Yeah, I, I think... Uh, Dortmund could be an interesting one. They've not played oh, them yeah. ever really in a Champions Ooh. League stage. In my and again in, in recent memory of what I can yeah, remember at the moment of, of recording. And that yeah, recent memory might be five minutes or uh, years, but uh, again, it's all context. Uh I think Leipzig, if we are also potentially thinking that Chelsea are about to raid them for players, that could be one where they want to show off in advance. <laughs> and or administrators. Yes. <laughs> Give us all your people, Red Bull. Yeah. So <laughs> and your place. This players. is fun. This is a good this is a good round oh, out. I think it's gonna be preferences, but I'm just happy we're in the round of sixteen. It didn't look like it was potentially gonna be an easy route to qualify after the first two match days, but Chelsea turned it around and uh you know, credit to to you know Potter for making this happen and uh, putting us in a position to enjoy some more European competition. I mean, we certainly made it as hard for ourselves as possible to get out of this group. I mean, <laughs> did it? We did did it the hard way. I did it my way, but uh, you know, two two coaches, couple a couple of bad results, a couple of amazing results against AC Milan. That's had it all, and well, a, and a win and a win that feels really crappy. Thanks, <laughs> Chelsea. <laughs> well, hopefully. David and I spending time in your ear your, your holes or coming out of your speaker 
um, where, however you choose to listen to the podcast, uh, <laughs> have made you feel a little bit better about what's happened in Transpire. Hopefully Careful. you will be excited for the Champions League draw after Chelsea do the unthinkable and beat Arsenal this weekend. Because uh. uh, that's the positive energy we need to put out into the world at this point. When was the last time we beat Arsenal in the league? I, he I, asked. He asked quietly. <laughs> um, the last time we beat them is this upcoming time. <laughs> Ask me again Monday. Ask me again Monday when I will say Sunday. Yeah, <laughs> I like that, it. That that one's good. That's gonna do it for us, uh, Mr. Pastor. Thank you again, as always, for joining us. Um, of course. Yeah, some people show up after a win that feels like a loss. Uh, they're not named Brandon and Nick. Uh, love you guys wherever you are. But uh, that's going to do it for us, guys, uh, the, the end of this episode here. Until next time, you know what to do, Chelsea fans. Keep the blue flag flying high. Bye. Bye.